Welcome back to another episode of the Between the Lines podcast. Today, it'll just be me and Tiago on the mic. Kyle's coaching some soccer players, and we'll be back with us next week. So let's start off with the NFL, man. It's week six. What did we see, Tiago? What did we see? <laughs> we see a lot of positive from the Dolphins. That's something I want to talk first. Um, I know we had this last game was not a hard game at all. I mean, the Jets are not an NFL team right now, whatever you want to say. They kind of remind me of the Browns a couple of years ago. And, you know, um, there was absolutely nobody to watch on the Browns roster when they went 0-16. And I think that that, that might happen this year <laughs> with the Jets uh, as the ways are going. But we had a couple of positive points um, that I wanted to touch on. I think our offense is pretty legit. And I think they're setting a very nice... Um, a very nice offense for Tua to pick up with. Um, so it's it's kind of on his hands right now. So as a, as a fan and as somebody who, like, who appreciates watching the NFL, I'd say it's all on Tua, Tua's hands now. Because if it's Patrick can do this to a ceiling, you know, can go wherever, who knows where. Um, mm-hmm. All around the NFL, um, I got some positive points about other teams, of course. The Steelers and the Titans having a very surprising seasons. Um, while the Falcons, although they won today, and the uh, Texans are having disappointing seasons. I want to know your thoughts on that one, too. But uh, especially with the Falcons, man, like, wait, wait, let's start with the bad, the disappointing teams. What do you, what do you think about what's going on with the Falcons? I'm, I can give my opinion after you, but I want to hear you first on this one. Um, so, first of all, the Falcons have really lost some brutal games where they had big leads in games. They absolutely blew it. The Bears one comes to mind. And then, obviously, that Dallas Cowboys game where they were just smashing them all the way until damn near the fourth quarter. And then Dak, before getting injured, had that wild comeback. But in terms of the Falcons, they don't have much problems on offense. You know, say what you want about Matt Ryan. He does turn the ball over a little bit too much sometimes. But they have weapons at wide receiver. Todd Gurley's been so-so. I mean, I wouldn't say he's been horrible. You know, at least he's staying healthy, which is a plus for them. But I don't know. You know, a lot of people for the last few years have been calling for the head of Dan Quinn, the head coach. And I think, you know, some of that certainly stems back to the 28-3, you know, lead they had in the Super Bowl and then blowing that. But... I think, by and large, the Falcons really aren't that bad of a football team. They're not, they aren't, you know, an 0 5 football team, which is what they were until this point. Obviously, you can't change your record, but talent wise, they're a lot better than that. Um, And I think that over the last few years, they're always like a team that goes on like a little mini run during the season where they'll play like six games and win, you know, five out of six or six in a row even. But mm, I don't know. They're obviously not going to make the playoffs, but I like the Falcons. I think that they have some issues on defense, but for the most part, they're solid. What are your thoughts on what's going wrong in Atlanta so far? I think it's time to get a new coach i think it's time to you know start fresh with the falcons because uh well that you you can only do so much with a good team and uh sometimes you can blame not having a quarterback sometimes you can blame not having a solid d or not having the pieces you need 
to win. But in this case, the Falcons literally have a stacked roster. Like, it's it's a fact. Like, if you pick up this roster and simulate a career mode in uh, in Madden 21, which is something that I did just to test how good this roster is, you know, in numbers and statistically wise and an analytics point of view with numbers and all of that. And the roster, every time I, I simulate the season goes to the playoffs. And this... And that that kind of gives you a vision of how comparing it to other rosters around the NFL right now, with the current stats and their current overalls and all that, they have a stacked roster. They have a pretty good roster, at least to go to the wild card game. And I figured that maybe, well, I mean, when you're a head coach and you let go twice in the same season a lead over twenty points, uh, something is wrong there. You know, something is wrong. Some something got to change. Either the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator. In my opinion, if I was the GM of the Falcons right now, I would get a new head coach. Because this isn't not going anywhere. Um, it's about time we, we get some new fresh mentality and get over that bump. That the, the Falcons never actually got over the bump that they lost to the Patriots on that Super Bowl. Being really, really, really honest with you, they've never been the same again. It's like they're traumatized. So, you know, it's about time you change the franchise. And it's not changing the jerseys that's going to change that. <laughs> that's what they did. That's the only thing they did. So, yeah. And um, you said Tall Gurley, Tall Gurley is not being bad. Tall Gurley is being great. Honestly speaking with you, like from the expectations that people had on Tall Gurley, and what he's doing this year, Tell Girl is doing pretty nice. And Atlanta doesn't have the best O-line. They have a decent O-line. It's not the worst. But Tell Girl is making some plays out for himself. And I think I think Tell Girl might be one of the positive points of the Atlanta Falcons offense this season because Julio Jones has been injured. Um, he had a couple of highlights this game. It's true. It, it is a thing, as always. Matt Ryan... Um, yeah, Matt Ryan is, is, is kind of a blank spot for me i don't really know what to say about him some t- today he looked like a an all-star again you know like a pro um definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the league today but he's not looking the best for me and he's also one of the reasons they choke a lot so i'm not going to put a lot uh on matt ryan but definitely tall girl has been a positive thing for the falcons but yeah man it's about time you change it one once you cannot go over the bump of losing on a super bowl you're just just stagnating. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just not getting picks. They're not going to the playoffs. They're in that limbo where it's just going to be me- mediocre forever. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, then that's I, my opinion. Yeah, no, I feel you on a lot of those points. Another team that I want to talk about that doesn't have a great record so far up until this point is the Detroit Lions, who really have played solid football uh, in quite a few games. The record really doesn't show it. Um, they were up on the New Orleans Saints a few weeks ago by a pretty solid margin. Breeze and the Saints ended up mounting a pretty solid comeback and they ended up losing. But I think that the Lions, you know, will likely not make the playoffs this year, but have some foundational pieces to really move forward with. Um, Swift had a really nice day running the ball today. I know they played the Jaguars, you know, which is really one of the worst teams in the league. But Matt Stafford like Ryan also in some cases turns the ball over a little bit too much, but you look at his ability to throw the ball down the field and his accuracy, the man really has solid arm talent. And I think that the lions do have some defensive pieces that are pretty nice. And the, you know, first round draft pick and Okuda, he really be, well, he will be one of the best cornerbacks in the league moving forward. But, and Kenny Galladay too, man. Kenny Galladay is one of the best receivers in the NFL that really doesn't get talked about enough. And the tight end Hawkinson's nice, but 
I like the Lions, and I think they're a team that could, you know, potentially go eight and eight or nine and seven this year. But I want to hear your thoughts about them because I think they've played better mm-hmm. football than their record shows right now. And they do, but the, isn't the Lions like the Lions kind of are the, that team that everybody forgets they exist? You know, even if they're good, everybody's like, "Hey, the Detroit Lions are still a thing." I I completely forget about the Lions sometimes because you know, there's just so much you can hear about them. And um, yeah, I agree with you, but once again, I think it's time for for a new quarterback for the Lions too. I, I Matt Stafford is nice, he is, but he's he's another Matt Ryan. You know, he's a uh, Mm. He's not consistent at all. And uh, although he's a, he's a great player, he, he proved time and time again that he cannot take the Lions over the bump that they need because they actually have a solid team, like you, like you said. They've they just been living in mediocrity because nobody is able to take the team to the next level. So if I was the Lions right now, I'd be thinking about, you know, getting a new QB to learn because Matt Stafford can clearly play for a couple more seasons. And he's, he's, he's good. He's decent. Mm-hmm. But it would be great to have, you know, like the Green Bay Packers did this year, draft a really nice quarterback, put him under the wing of Aaron Rodgers, and um, just wait till, you know, Stafford actually retires, and then you have a solid QB that has been learning with a guy with the the franchise QB for the Lions. Um, Other than that, I don't really have much to say about the Lions. It's it's just like you touched all the points. It's just been living in mediocrity again, too. And they're not going anywhere this season. And, um, yeah, it's just going to keep being the Lions and being forgetted by everyone. Yeah, I mean, also Stafford's getting older too. You know, he's not getting any younger. And as you said, the Lions are still, you know, a few players and pieces away from like really competing for the playoffs and potentially down the road trying to win a Super Bowl. So I think before they're good enough to do anything, um, a new quarterback will kind of have to come underway there. And then, as you said, they've been just so irrelevant for the last three decades, you know, even back when – Barry Sanders was running the ball there for the Lions. In all the years, they had Calvin Johnson. Never really accomplished anything. So that's kind of like, that's what, as you mentioned, that's why it's like, oh, people forget about the Lions because they've just been so mediocre or just bad that, you know, they're never really in the playoffs. But what other teams do we need to talk about that Uh, have bad records or really been underperforming? Instead of talking about bad teams, I want to know, a very bold prediction from you right now. I mean, we're still in the beginning of the season, but who do you think has, like, give me two teams that you could see on the Super Bowl right now. From what you're seeing on um, at the, the the kickoff of the season, mm-hmm. what two teams could you possibly see in the Super Bowl right now? Uh, so I'll give you just, like, one from each conference because, obviously, the AFC plays the NFC in the Super Bowl. But... Uh, obviously, you always have to throw in the Chiefs just because of, you know, strictly Patrick Mahomes alone. But I don't want to mention them or the Ravens. I want to say the Steelers right now because of the defense is just so incredible with all the players that they have on the line at linebacker edge and even in the secondary. I think that defense really is a Super Bowl caliber defense. And the biggest thing is, can Roethlisberger stay healthy? And can he get the ball down the field to his amazing wide receivers? Because obviously Juju, you have Washington, you had Claypool in the draft. And then Deontay Johnson has kind of disappointed so far. And then you have Ebron. You really have weapons, not so much in Connor running the ball. So I really like that team. And I'd be rooting for them to make a deep run. So I'm going to say them in the AFC. 
And then out of the NFC, it gets a lot more difficult, right? Because there's like, it doesn't seem to me that there's like one clear team where it's like this team really has the most juice to make a in the Super Bowl NFC? appearance. But if I had to pick one on the spot, hmm, it really is tough, man. I don't think so. I don't think it's tough. The NFC, it's easier for me. Who do you got? The, the Seahawks. The Seahawks yeah, I, like a Super Bowl team. But there's so many concerns about that defense, man. It really does concern me. Honestly, when you when you put that, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but you think if the Seahawks going to the playoffs, you think like a defense with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner on the same freaking side of the field is going to choke on the playoffs. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. Think, I mean, I, I just look at it like I know that they beat Minnesota, but I was watching that game and Minnesota was a big on them. And obviously Russell Wilson came back and he played great football. And then the DK touchdown at the end of the game to seal it. But I don't know, bro. I really, I, it's all about defense in the playoffs. I, I understand that they have a few really good players, but other than, you know, Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner, and I know KJ Wright's still for the most part, pretty solid at linebacker. Who else is really on that defense? Their line is not good at all in stopping the run or really getting after the passer. So mm, I have concerns. The funny thing is the, the Seahawks wouldn't be my team, to be honest. I think that um, uh, it's crazy to say this, but I think that Tampa Bay is better than Seattle. I mean, Tampa oh Bay's God. defense is insane, man. Tampa Bay's defense is for real. They're ferocious. Oh. They get after you. Hold on. If Brady can, if Brady, if Brady can play solid football, dude, that's really what it comes down to because they have weapons on offense. I really think that, um, dude. You look at the rushers that the 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 Bucks have, the linebackers they have, and the secondary is really solid. Look, I'm not saying that they're like miles better than the Seahawks, but I'm like I think that would be it's a close game if those two teams play each other. I agree that the Buccaneers have a, a solid team, and we saw that today stopping Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Goddamn, Aaron Rodgers, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I disagree, man. I, th- I think the NFC is all Seahawks this year. I think I think what Russ is doing. Uh, it's out of this world, man. I, I, I can totally. I, I'm, I'm watching the Seahawks play, and DK, DK Metcalf is looking like the new Megatron of the league because mm-hmm. of his size and speed, and the way he catches the ball. It's out of this world. Um, and then, and then you see the Seahawks, and you see a Super Bowl team there. You know, I know the defense is choking yet again. I understand, and Bobby Wagner is not having the best season of his life by far. Um, and he's been, he been criticized a lot. Um, since some people still consider him as the best middle linebacker of the league, I still consider him as the best middle linebacker of the league. And I still consider Jamal Adams as the best safety in the league. Whatever people say, I don't give a shit. They mm-hmm. still are the top players of the league in those positions for me. But like you said, there's no other bigger names on defense that is true, also. And that hurts the Seahawks a lot. That's why teams like teams score a lot of points on the Seahawks. It's a mm-hmm. fact. Um, and that might be a problem in the long run, but I think they will fix it. I think I think they come up with a solution. Man, when you're so strong on offense, and when your your quarterback is making a season like Russ's, you got to do something. If your defense is a problem, even though with big names, you got to do something about it. So I can still I, I I'm I'm pretty positive on the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl this year. And if I if I had to pick somebody to upset them, 
I would actually pick the Rams. I was just about to say, dude, I think the Rams are just as good as the Seahawks. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. That's the only team. Now, looking at it, that's the only – not the Bucks, the Rams. That's the only team I see upsetting the Seahawks because talking about a consistent team on offense and defense, that's the Rams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've no, been playing. They've been playing a very nice football. They look, they've been looking like the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl, but this time they're not – on the back of a running back that was injured plague that season. I'm not criticizing Todd Gurley for that Super Bowl, but poor dude was just hurt, <laughs> and he was playing hurt mm-hmm. before. So I don't know, man. Um, about the um, AFC, though, uh, you said – I'm sorry. Who did you say? The Steelers, right? Well, I said you can always mention you know, the Ravens and the, and the Chiefs, but mm-hmm. from the, the point of view that I've seen right now, I'm really enjoying the Steelers play football. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the Browns. I wanted to say the Browns, but the Browns kind of choked today. Got the doors uh, beat off them today. That, that's that's one thing I don't understand. I, 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 could, I could totally see the Browns going to the Super Bowl, number-wise and talent-wise. But it's just like some weeks they look like the how they're supposed to look with those players. And then other weeks, OBJ is looking like Nelson Angelor. And, mm-hmm. you know... The whole team is looking like like the old Browns, so I, I don't really know what's up with that. Uh, it, it was kind of it's better than last season for sure. Last season was was terrible, yeah. but is the problem Baker Baker Mayfield? Do you think like because defense is solid? They have a good defense. They whatever you say, Browns defense is not bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's one hundred percent Baker Mayfield, which is unfortunate because. <laughs> The Browns' O-line has been amazing this year in run blocking. Dude, they're just racking up rushing yards. Not so much today because Steelers D is just amazing. But also, you look at the weapons that the, the Browns have receiving the ball. You know, you have Hooper at tight end, Jarvis Landry, and OBJ right there at 1-2. It's like if you should be able to move the ball down the field throwing quite easily. But Mayfield is just really – he's so inconsistent week to week. Some weeks it's just he's just missing wide receivers entirely and turning the ball over with INTs too often. And then other weeks you see him rolling out and play action and he's just throwing dots, you know, putting the ball right on chest. But he's just too inconsistent week to week. For a guy that was drafted number one overall, you know, he leaves a lot lacking in terms of what you'd expect that he'd be in the NFL. Honestly, I'm pretty sure if the if the Browns were playing consistently – they would be the team to go to the Super Bowl because think about this: the two. All right, you have the Steelers, and that's kind of something that I could that I could definitely see stopping the Browns if they were playing at their top uh, level. But picture this: you, when you have to face the Chiefs, the Chiefs' defense is just lacking, especially on the run game. And when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you got you got big chances of beating the Chiefs there. And then talking about the Ravens, man. I know, yeah, the Ravens are kind of hard to stop, but the Browns' defense is solid. And when you have Miles Garrett at the end, man, you know, it's one of those games that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to think twice before running into his side because he might get hurt. Miles Garrett is nothing to play with. Right. So, I mean, but let's look, at it, let's look at it like this before you continue. The Browns have two losses on their schedule. They got clapped today by the Steelers, and in week one they got clapped by the Ravens. So other than that, they really haven't played really any good teams at all in their wins on their schedule. And they played two divisional foes and just got the brakes beat off them, you know? Yes. That's what I'm saying. They they are not playing like they should when you look at their roster. That's that's put, put it like that. 
you have players putting on numbers like Nick Chubb was doing before the injury and Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. and you got a nice defense once again. But uh, Baker Mayfield is just not doing what he's supposed to do. And that, that translates to the receivers because OBJ is just not being there at all. And uh, the same goes for Jarvis Landry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, if the, like I said, if Baker Mayfield was playing consistently, I would see the Browns going to the Super Bowl, no doubt, just because of the weapons they have. And if, mm-hmm. like I said, they have running game to beat the the Chiefs. <laughs> that that that's going to yeah. be the Chiefs' weakness for the whole season. Um, but yet again, you have the Chiefs with Le'Veon Bell now, and uh, whatever people wild. say, that that is wild. That is wild. So if I had to pick a team right off the bat right now, I wouldn't pick the Steelers. I would pick the Chiefs after the Le'Veon Bell. I'm not saying Edward Sailor was not enough, but he's a rookie. And when you add mm. Le'Veon Bell to a team with a already good O-line, with a good quarterback, and you have two solid running backs now for the running game, I feel like it's a wrap, man. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. Just how that whole situation transpired with him getting released by the Jets. And then I think he was considering like three different teams to try and sign and with. But yeah, mm-hmm. right. So he fits in so well with what the Chiefs try and do because Le'Veon Bell is one of the best uh, pass catching running backs in the history of the NFL. So that in combination with his ability to run the ball, and then you have a two headed monster now with Edward Solaire. It's going to be nuts, man. That's just, you know, the weapons that the chiefs have is already endless. So you just add one more into the the mix. It's going to be wild to watch, but I think, what you saw against the Raiders, man, that's the problem for the Chiefs right there. It's the defense, you know. Will the defense be able to hang up? That's the biggest question. That's the thing between a clash. So let's let's imagine that we see an AFC final between the Steelers and the Chiefs. All right, let's. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Steelers have a good enough offense to beat the Chiefs? That's the problem. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I do. Because I think the Chiefs defense is that bad. But the running game if, of the Steelers is not good. The Chiefs' defense is bad, but especially on the running game. You got if you want to beat the Chiefs, you got to have a running game, and James Conner is not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I I think that the the Steelers' uh, run offense has been a little bit disappointing so far. But I think that by and large, James Conner isn't a bad back, and when you get him going up against the defensive front like the Chiefs, I think that he will be able to play a lot better. The thing for the Chiefs is where they're usually able to really play better on defense is when Chris Jones, their best defensive tackle and one of the best in the league, when he starts really just dominating double teams because then it just frees up opportunities for linebackers to get up vertical and start making plays in the running game. But I don't know. The defense for the Chiefs last year, you saw it in the run they had, and even in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, they played pretty well for the players they had which weren't great they overachieved but this year they're playing at a far worse level than they were last year no definitely and then i want to talk about the ravens again because i know they won today 30 to 28 but it really was disappointing lamar lamar had some nice plays he made a really crazy pass in the end zone to a tight end i think in the first quarter and then he had a read option, which he took straight up the middle for 40 yards to the end zone. But the Ravens were up about 30 to 14 in that game with about five minutes left. 
and the Eagles make a roaring comeback. It's 30 to 28, and the Eagles have an opportunity to make the two-point conversion and tie the game. They ended up not doing it, but I just see problems with the Ravens right now, man. It's just, I don't know what it is, but still, I look at them, and I'm like, yeah, they look incredible at certain points in time, but I don't think it's a Super Bowl team again. I just, I'm uh, going to say this. The Ravens did not. I, I watched the whole game. The Ravens mm-hmm. did not win today. Carson Wentz lost the game today. I don't know what was on his mind. I'm not going to say the play calling. It was Carson Wentz. I don't know what was on his mind, but on that two-point conversion, I see him doing a read option play, and he actually gives the ball to the running back, and then he grabs it, and they both get stuck with the ball. So none of them move. Mm-hmm. Like, none of them have the chance to move. So if you commit on a pass option, if you commit to giving the ball to the damn running back, let go of the ball and block. That's what he should have right. done because they were they were being they were they were they were clearly being rushed, and you had like two seconds to think about what does Carson Wentz do in this situation. He keeps the ball, and he's like struggling to take the ball out of the running back while they get tackled. So that's stupid. You have one thing to do: you commit to running the ball, you block, and you let the guy run because that you were very close to the goal line. If you block that first rusher, you might have gotten a shot. Point played. So I'll say it again. The Ravens did not win. Carson went lost this game. I don't know what was on his mind. Worst way to do a play, uh, um, uh, an option play right there. And then obviously Lamar Jackson did this thing and run the ball on the um, on their possession, and they end up just taking a knee and winning the game. Uh, a lot of issues from the Raven, yes, but goddamn, Philly should have just taken that win. That was that was mm. given. That was given. I think that was, yeah. I don't know what happened. Carson didn't, for the whole game, really play that well. But he was atrocious in the first half. Wasn't able to do anything. <laughs> he did play quite a bit better in the second half. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to play worse than he did in the first. But he still makes some plays, you know. I, I think the most impressive part about watching him is how he dodges tacklers in the pocket. Right. He just moves really well. He'll duck or he'll just step left and right or move up in the pocket. I think that's the most impressive part in watching him, but it's so wild to me to think about that year he had when he was an MVP candidate before getting injured late in the season, just the rise of that season to just where he's at now. You know, I don't know if it's mental with him, but sometimes it's just like, it just is really rough to watch his play style and kind of look at some of the decisions that he makes because it's really bad quarterback play. It's hard well, to describe it as anything other than that. They, you saw the Eagles drafting a new QB this year, and that can that can definitely get into your head. Because last year, I don't think Carson Wentz had a best season last year. I think last year the problem was literally the receiving core. When Nelson Angelor is your best receiver on the field, you don't have receivers on the field. <laughs> That's it. That's my personal opinion. I wouldn't throw the ball to Nelson Angelor, so if he's my best receiver, I'm not going to throw the ball. So... Yeah, last year I don't blame it on Carson, but this year seeing them drafting a new QB and, you know, Carson plays by one of the biggest fan bases in the NFL because, believe it or not, when you're a bad player in the Eagles, it, people are going to know, <laughs> you know, you, it's going to be loud because Philly, Philly's fans are not easy to deal with. Um, that's that's something everybody knows if you follow the NFL. So, yeah, I think I feel like mentally he's not there. He's still making a couple of plays. I saw him... Um, on the last quarter, he was doing his thing, man. He, he he found openings, he found receivers. He was, you know, dodging bullets on the backfield. But then again, another problem for the Eagles this year is Zach Ertz. What happened? Mm. 
What happened with Zach Ertz? Where was he? Where has he been? He's the main target. Yes. Because he's the main target for the Eagles. This man is the mm -hmm. main receiver for the Eagles. So obviously Carson Wentz has his fault, but where is Zach Ertz? Yeah, I mean he's on my fantasy team, which has been rough. It's been really rough. I had the first week I had the first week this week where I actually had to take him out of the lineup and go with somebody else because it's just been so bad. But you I've watched him specifically in the games where the Eagles have been on television. I've watched him just run his routes and not really been watching the ball. It seems like he's lost a step. It really does seem like he's a step slower. Coming in and out of breaks, um, he just doesn't look like the same player. No, and it seems like Carson Wentz has lost a little bit of confidence in him as well. It doesn't seem like he's trying to find him as much as he has been in past seasons because up until, now, he's, mm -hmm, up until now, he's always been the focal point of that offense, and it's just not the case anymore. So the the way I see it is that like Zekertz has always he is my favorite player of the league and I've been saying that for a while now as I'm a a big fan of tight ends at least my favorite tight end of the league but um the the thing that I liked about Zekertz is that he was very um down to basics so whatever he did on the court was like he was a nice route runner and he, he was not flashy like Kelsey and um and Kittle. Mm -hmm. But he was a perfectionist when it came to route running and blocking and all, you know, the, the basic stuff. So I agree with you when you say he lost a step because he's not doing that thing anymore. He's not being perfect on his routes, neither on blocking. So whatever made Zacherts good this past, this, this past few seasons, especially on that Super Bowl run they made, was the fact that he was down the basics. He kind of reminded me of a Team Duncan kind of player in the NFL. You know, you do the basics, and if you're really good at the basics, you're going to be a good player. That's it. You need to be flashy. But when you're not doing the basics correctly, then what are you doing? You know, you're just another tight end lost in the middle of the pool of mediocre tight end, just like Rob Gronkowski is nowadays. You know, he's just a mediocre tight end. He scored a mm -hmm. touchdown today, but it's not more than that. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely agree with you. Zacherts was not even the main the main tight end target before Goddard got the injured because so they had Goddard was getting more opportunities yeah. and he looked better, frankly. He looked better. So yeah, I mean, can you can we really blame only Carson Wentz again? Because I feel like dude is getting a lot of pressure and a lot of hate season after season, ever since that Super Bowl run. But if you look around him, what does Carson Wentz have to play with? You don't have you don't even have mm -hmm. a good running back. I mean Sanders is alright. Sanders uh, is all right. I would disagree with that. I think Sanders is definitely better than above average for sure. All right, man. But all right. All right. Okay. I'll give you that. Above average. Sure. What about the rest? Where's your receiving card? Deshaun Jackson. Right. He's always injured. injured. Alshon Jeffrey injured. They and are always guys injured. Like this, this guy, Travis Fulgham playing, who had a pretty good week and has an interesting story. I had a good week. Against the pitch, or the Steelers last week with a few touchdowns and like 150 yards, yeah. but yeah, and then Bell or Ward Jr., who's like in the Canadian League until two years ago, but yeah, no, he doesn't have any weapons, man. So you can't blame it all on Wentz for sure. But when you play in a market like Seattle or Seattle, like uh, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. especially with that fan base, you know, they're going to be all over you if you aren't getting the job done. See, that's the problem that gets into your head. Call me controversial all you want, but if Carson Wentz was playing in the goddamn Cleveland Browns right now instead of Baker Mayfield, that team wouldn't be losing the games they're losing. I swear, he, he, for, in my opinion, first of all, he's way better than Baker Mayfield. Goddamn, 
whoever disagrees with that does not know how to evaluate a QB in the NFL. That's for sure. Because Carson can still make something out of nothing, while Baker cannot do something out of everything. Put it that way. <laughs> so, yeah, Carson Wentz with a, a nice offense like the Browns would be way better. I'm not. I'm not saying he's going to be Carson Wentz in the when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl because he, he suffered some injuries and stuff gets into your head. But right now, I feel like Philly is just not the place for him, and I feel bad because I totally see him as a as a QB for 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 the Philly culture. You know, he he's been there. He's whatever people say about Nick Foles, he's the one who got the Eagles there. So um, I feel bad for him. I still feel bad for him. I've always defended Carson Wentz in this podcast ever since we made this podcast and the Eagles come up. I'm the first defender of Carson Wentz, especially because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Eagles and I like the Eagles and the franchise is on one of my top three teams, but. Damn, but I, I, I still think people are being unfair to him. Although he's having a bad season as a quarterback himself, it's still unfair. The situation is mm-hmm. in not having a team to play with. It gets to a point where it's just like, I, in his place, I would be just like, fuck it. I mean, I made he made mistakes today on that two-point conversion. Yes, I, I mentioned it again. But what is his motivation to win on a franchise that clearly hates him and he's now drafting a new QB and he's just putting you to play with high school receivers you know and injured players it's tough yeah it's tough it's not easy he's in a tough situation there's no doubt about it but what other teams or players did you see this weekend that were worth mentioning uh maybe the bills just touching a little bit on the bills it's another controversial team we've been talking about in this podcast uh me always defending the bills you and kyle not believing in them so much this game um this week i don't know I don't know. <laughs> I don't know Chiefs? what to say about the Bills. Oh, okay. well, they play tomorrow. They play Monday Night Football against the Chiefs tomorrow. But yes. that's going to be an interesting game, dude. I think that, uh, frankly, the Bills are going to get rolled. I really do. Uh, I think that the Chiefs are <laughs> quite upset about losing a divisional game to the Raiders last week. I think that they're going to be coming in with the vengeance. But at the same time, the Bills got to be pretty pissed off, too, about getting clapped by the Titans, you know. So I think it could be an interesting game, but I think the Chiefs are going to take it. What I wanted to talk about the Bills is that it's still a team that I believe in. And I haven't mentioned in our conversation about the AFC, but I, 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 man, I cannot count out the Bills. I think when you're talking about solid teams, they are solid. And and we have this conversation with Kyle and you that you guys don't believe that the, the Bills are that solid and they still have flaws they do. But, man, Allen is a great QB. And I I, I, I feel like he's being slapped on still. Mm-hmm. Even, even putting the numbers he is putting is not on the top conversations for QBs in the league right now. And I'm like, why? Why? I mean, the Bills is another franchise that people forget about really quick. It's in Buffalo. They the only good reg, uh, history they have is making the Super Bowl all those years and always losing with Kelly on, at the Kelly. wheel. Yeah, and right. you know it's an easy forgettable team. But this year they're legit, and people gotta start paying attention to Allen. And let's remember that he got drafted second overall, right after Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! If you if anybody if I hear anybody saying that he's worse than Baker Mayfield, then something's wrong. <laughs> But people still talk yeah. more about Baker Mayfield than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's been incredibly impressive. You know, as of right now, he's in the top three players garnering consideration for the MVP candidate. Uh, I just, I think 
that he's progressed so much over the course of the, you know his three years in the league, whether it's turning the ball over in the form of throwing picks or just fumbling. Each year, he's kind of cut that down. His accuracy on long passes of 20 yards or more, his percentage has improved from year one, two to three. And I'm a believer in his talent, but I'm not a believer in that team in terms of them being able to make a deep run into the playoffs. I just, I, I don't think that their defense is really as stout as some people believe that it is. I, I, when we've talked um, privately kind of about the bills, I draw back on a few examples. I know that the dolphins are better than a, than what, you know, the casual football fan believes they are. But I draw back to 31-28 by the Bills against the Dolphins. We look at um, the Bills playing the Raiders a few weeks ago. The Raiders turned the ball two times, turned the ball over two times. I really think that's a game that they could have won. And we talked about the Rams-Bills game in Buffalo where they kind of got bailed out by uh, pass interference. I just, I think that there's just a tier of teams that are better than the Bills. But I think that the Bills are a young team with good young core players where they really can keep building and they can keep getting better. Because as we've seen with Allen, he just only gets better as his years in the league continue to advance. So I'd say, you know, maybe a year or two away with a few more draft picks since the free agency. But I just think there's a few teams in the AFC that are still better than them. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, putting that away, because I feel like we've covered most of the NFL right now, at least the relevant part, there's still a lot of season to go. So there will still be, obviously, you know, more controversy and more stuff to talk about. But do you want to speak a little? I'm watching the, the game right now, the baseball game, mm-hmm. the Braves against the Dodgers. Do you want to yeah. give your insight? You're clearly uh, more informed in Absolutely. baseball than I am. And uh, this podcast is for our listeners. So right now, I think you should take the stage and give your opinion on what's going on in the MLB right now. I'd love to. Um, thank God that there is a God in this world. The Astros did not advance to the, the World <laughs> Series. That made me really happy as an A's fan. It was dis- difficult to see the A's get bounced in the divisional series by the Astros. But, you know, in watching it, you got to give props to the Astros, man. They had been hitting the ball so well. They had just been spraying the ball over the field, hitting the ball over the fence, and they deserved it. But you look at the Astros going up against the Rays in this past series. The Rays have the best pitching staff in baseball. And they obviously went up 3-0. And the Astros roared back to make it 3-3 before the Game 7, where they, the Rays got the, the best of them. But I think the best team went through. So now we're going to have the Rays playing in the World Series against potentially the Braves or the Dodgers. Now, this is a really interesting series in the NL as well. The Braves are a really young, talented team with young hitters and young pitching. And now we're in a game seven here. What's the score right now? I haven't been watching. 2-0. Two, 2-0 Braves or Dodgers? I think it's Braves. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think yeah, so. so confirm. But that's yeah, that's going to be interesting, man, because I think going into, you know, the yeah, series here to decide who's going to the World Series from the AL or the NL, it was easily predicted that the Dodgers were going to be representing the NL. And I think for the most part, it was close to a coin flip, but I think most people believed in the Rays over the Astros. But I think that a Rays-Dodgers series would be really interesting 
But I think people just too many people slept on the Braves, man. The Braves are so talented. And if it does come down to Braves against the Rays, I think that the Braves will take it because the Braves have the pitching, but their lineup is just so much better than the Tampa Bay Rays is. They hit the ball so well with power, with, you know, average, and they can also run the bases too. So whoever makes it in the NL, it's going to be a really good World Series. And as we've seen, they have started to allow some fans into the Globe Life Park Stadium there in Arlington where the World Series is going to be. So that'll be a little bit cool too. I think it'll be around maybe 10,000 fans in attendance, a little bit more for the World Series. But I'm excited. You know, I think that baseball hasn't been really getting watched that much. Obviously, the NBA is just wrapped up. The Lakers won and football is on the weekends. But I think you're going to start to see some more people turn tune in to the baseball because obviously some of the World Series games are going to be played on weekdays. And I'm excited. It's going to be a fun one. And I'm looking forward to it. That's all I really have to touch on baseball. Yeah, I'm definitely I definitely want to check on um, these last playoff games, too. I've been I've been getting interested. Um, unfortunately, I'm not watching complete games. I'm just focusing on too much mm-hmm. on football and football analytics. But yeah, uh, after hearing you talk and after what I've been doing, my research, the, um, the Braves really are doing something amazing this year and they look like a legit team. So I might might be the team that I go to follow. I'm actually watching yeah. just right now. So I hope they go through. Um, but yeah, like you said, let's let's see how it goes. And um, you clearly gave us a good insight on the MLB. Uh, and with that, I feel like we touched on uh, what's going on with the sports right now. There's not much more to talk about. Like you said, the NBA is a wrap up. The congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers doing what all of us expected <laughs> them to do. Uh, good effort by the Miami Heat too. Um, maybe something to talk about in another episode. What happened on those finals, if if relevant, because it was what everybody expected to do. Just big props for the Miami Heat for keeping up with the Lakers for two games. And um, yeah, that's it. That's most part of what's going on in sports right now. Mm-hmm.